0: Sit back, relax, you got nothing to lose What do you think? I'm about to show you The female of the species is more deadly than a male Deadly, deadly. only deadly.
1: Movie,
0: you can say it again Just wait till you see what I did at the end The female of the species is more
1: deadly than a male
2: Hello everyone and welcome to the More Deadly podcast where we review horror movies directed exclusively by women identified directors which prove that the female of the species is more deadly than the male. More Deadly is a trans inclusive podcast where we celebrate the work of cis and trans women as well as non-binary filmmakers who are comfortable being included in a space that centers the work of women. I'm your co-host Rachel and joining me again as always one of my favorite people that I have ever met in all of my many many <laughs> ariel hello
0: hello how are you i'm doing great you hanging in there yeah you feeling good about the world i mean maybe not after watching this movie but we'll <gasps> talk about it <laughs> speaking of which also joining
2: us today back on the podcast is podcast fave and ray of cinematic sunshine Matilda. <laughs> <How's Hi. back? laughs>
1: thank you thanks for being willing to talk about this one with me yeah
2: yeah I remember you we were in the car and you were like there is this movie that I need to process and you started telling me about it and you're like it's a woman director and I was like well I guess I know where this is gonna get processed <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> how are you feeling about today are you excited
1: Where where yeah where are you at. yeah I am I'm so excited to talk about this movie mm-hmm. I feel like we're through maybe the the part that I feel most badly about, which is asking other people to watch this, movie. <laughs> yeah, that's fair.
2: <laughs> it's been very funny. People who are like patrons already know this, but basically, you've
1: been just like apologizing for like, on the <laughs> in our Discord. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I like it. I like a tough movie, but this yeah. is this is really up there. It's advanced. Yeah.
2: This is the yeah. advanced meat of of movies for sure. Mm-hmm. For sure. Well, Ariel, you know, I always got to check in with you because, well, first of all, let me tell you a story. And then okay. I want to hear about your story. And Matilda can attest to this because she was also a witness. Okay. <laughs> so I have come to the conclusion that your sex PT Cruiser sex cult is actually like, they're like snowbirds or something because they travel based on oh the, yeah you know, seasons and the weather, right? And okay. they crave hot, sticky weather where they uh-huh. can get nanky nanky <laughs> and not, never a chill, never a chill in any, any nook or crayon. And uh, that place last weekend was Folsom, California. Oh no. Yeah. Were you guys went on your little vacation? E- oh, it, was a, it was a little bit of a bleak way to start a vacay. Um, <laughs> yes. I have not seen with mine eyes in person a PT Cruiser since the year on the calendar started with
0: one. Right. That's what I'm saying. It's weird.
2: Yeah. And I looked to my left. Actually, we all look to our left in horror because whoever was driving it probably doesn't understand that this is a horror movie. That we're talking about today. <laughs> there was a very troubling sticker in the window. Yes. Oh. But we were like, oh, my God, it's a PT Cruiser. That is wild. Then we look to our right, and what do mine eyes behold? A second PT
1: cruiser. That
0: is so crazy,
1: and we're not moving fast. It's Bumper to bumper, we are we are yeah. stuck. We are yeah. sandwiched, if Surrounded. you will, between two PT yeah. cruisers. We
2: were Weird. a menage a trois of lengths. <laughs> yes.
1: Why are we this were happening? the middle
0: of the human centipede of PT? <laughs> yeah. Why are they? Like, I don't understand. Where are they all coming from? Where are people finding these cars? Portland. I don't know. I guess from, so. Well, I mean, it was. The other part that was troubling is I don't think I've seen
1: like a modern day PT cruiser because I was mm-hmm. looking at Rachel going, is that a new PT cruiser? So it oh, you know, looks really different. I don't know if it's been like sent from the future. <laughs> oh, no. It That's was a whole a... different kind of horror movie. <laughs> yeah. It was like a dystopian, futuristic PT cruiser also. Yes. Oh, God. And you'd
2: think I'd be done with
1: the story and it'd be your turn to talk,
2: <laughs> but I'm not because we were stuck in traffic and we creep along, creep along. We're giggling about the PT cruisers, like, you know, surrounding us and just being like, this is wild. And Googling, trying to understand what the, we could tell that it was a problematic bumper sticker, but we weren't totally sure. So uh-huh. there was curious Googling. See like, what kind of garbage person this was? And I mean, I guess it ultimately doesn't matter. <laughs> like, they're just garbage. So anyway, we finally get to the source of the traffic. It's not just, you know, an overflow, like an overwhelming number of PT cruisers. There was an accident. And you're like, oh, no, that's terrible. And we look and it's not a good one. Whatever car it was, was all smooshed up. There was lots of police activity. There was a tow truck, lights a-flashing. Oh, we no. pull alongside it. And what do I see? A third PT a cruiser. PT cruiser. What the
0: fuck? Yes. That's crazy. The third crazy. Car. The car was a PT three pt cruisers that would have blown my mind in a half mile to this
1: (laughs) which i have to assume was totaled by another pt cruiser in the area it must have been so that's wild i mean it has to be an inside job
2: (laughs) (laughs) the statistic pt on pt crime (laughs) yet another
0: statistic (laughs) Jeez, what a way to start a vacation
2: I will say that your presence has ruined our algorithms and the things that are advertised to yeah. us. And yeah. we've gotten weird yep. uh, text messages after hanging out with you that are of a sexual nature that my father accidentally saw at one point. And it, <laughs> I don't think he believed me when I explained what was happening. I think he was just like, I just it saw does boobs sound on my up. daughter's phone. That one <laughs> wasn't
1: just text, right? That one yeah, was... it was a photo. Yeah. It was a visual image.
2: Yeah, yeah. So... Now you've gone to the third dimension.
0: In real life, you're infecting us <laughs> with your PT Cruiser. I'm so sorry. <laughs> so I just wanted you to know that. Hopefully, it stops there, and you don't just start seeing like nude people all over the place.
2: Yes, I do like that you you warned us not to go to a second location PT Cruiser. <laughs> like you had to warn us. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so that's our neighborhood. What's
0: going on in yeah. your neighborhood? Well, the apartment above me is still empty because the yes. construction is never ending and yes. they're hell-bent on driving me insane. No. But the positive thing is that it's going to be another few weeks probably before they're done, so I get a little more peace and quiet, I suppose. So the takeaway is no matter what, you're <laughs> you're going to have to be dealing with banging. <laughs> 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 yes loud it. banging <laughs> oh my god but I okay this is sort of embarrassing but I was actually the problem the other day <gasps> Ariel's the problem you are the common the problem oh. well not oh. me myself but well here let me just tell you okay so <laughs> <laughs> I can't
1: see it, but my eyebrows are three feet above my hair. Right, right now, like they
0: are, they are touching
1: my hairline. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So they are kissing, you.
0: gently caressing. <laughs> I was working, and I have an armchair that sits in front of this like big picture window in my living room, and I had had the blinds open so I could get some sun in the morning. And my back is facing that window, and I'm working on my computer. And I had gotten assigned an article to write. Who would happened... do that?
2: So rude.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that happened to be about a gay uh, adult film star and purely for research for this article. Oh, dear. I had to go to oh, a gay You're porn, porn website so that I could watch this guy's Instagram story that somebody had recorded so that I could pull quotes from Oh, wait, I remember this story. Him. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the thing I was watching technically watching was not pornographic but you know how those sites have like the sidebars that go all around Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, that have like mm -hmm. videos that just play endlessly yeah it was very very graphic gay sex happening all over (laughs) my computer screen and i did not realize that the construction workers who were on my building had come behind me Into Mm. the backyard. Careful with the phrasing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Thanks, Rachel. (laughs) I can always count on you. (laughs) Uh yeah. So, anyways, somebody dropped something. I like turned my head around and there were just like six guys just like staring at me, (laughs) watching gay porn (laughs) at like seven AM or something.
2: They were probably delighted to have found someone who shares their interest.
1: I don't know. That could have been a love connection. I hope you defensively yelled, I'm at work or this is my job. (laughs) I swear.
0: What did you do? Did you just like make meaningful eye contact until they like sidled away? i basically like kind of stared in horror and then i just did you slam then I just, your
2: computer down
0: guiltily I Closed my computer just oh. like slowly close the blinds and i was <laughs> <laughs> just like i'm not leaving my apartment until they leave today <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh my god ariel okay i have been working in gay press for over a decade. <laughs> for over a decade how have you had a more eventful <laughs> experience I <don't> already know. <laughs> you have a gift it's a gift and a curse oh yeah. lord Oops. <sighs> i appreciate you and you know what the good news is is i've had this fear that like i want you to move here back here so so bad i want you here so yeah. bad But like it's not good for the podcast.
0: Right? Right. Because I'm like, you know run out of content. (laughs) But it's
2: like insidious. It's not the house that's haunted.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's me. I'm the problem. i mean you did start the story was saying you were the problem and oh, like that's right i did denial it. <laughs> you
2: know is the first getting over denial is the first step right not that i want you yeah. to recover from your crazy life because i am delighted by it. <laughs> <laughs> oh lord okay well i appreciate you lightening the mood because we have some pretty dark content we're going to be talking sure about do. today mm-hmm. so let's do some tonal whiplash okay. and get into Sounds our review <laughs> So first things first, now uh, let's talk about our spoiler policy in case anybody is new here.
0: Yeah, so we're going to spoil this whole movie. Mm -hmm. But first, uh, Matilda, our lovely guest, is going to tell us all about the director and the making of the movie Soft and Quiet. I can't remember if we said that, but that's the movie we're reviewing today from 2022. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, after she does that, then we're going to give you some general non-spoiler thoughts about the movie. And then we're going to get into spoilers and Rachel is going to give you a heads up when that happens because at that point we're going to talk about everything and like it's pretty horrible so (laughs) like (laughs) be forewarned I guess. Oh and it's on Netflix if you want to watch it you can hop off do that and come back but just know Rachel told me don't read anything going into it this was what I got told. But just know that there are, like, trigger warning for everything that could be in a trigger warning. So I'll just repeat that for all of you.
1: (laughs) And even the little, like, Netflix warning about what's in it kind of gives you a sense.
0: That's true. It does. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, interesting. Maybe? It was every time I paused it, when I hit play again, the warning would come up again. So... Yeah, yeah, like for real. It's bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I'll give you a background on
1: her. Some of her kind of process about making this movie does get into spoilers. So I will try to leave as much of that as possible. So I can tell you about why this movie. I had read about this movie and there was a lot of chatter. It was clearly very divisive. And I read about it and I thought, I don't know that I want to watch that. Yeah. (laughs) That's fair. Uh, Which is weird for me because I tend to read a lot and worry a lot about the topics in this movie and often will overexpose myself to those things in in the service of kind of like being hypervigilant and wanting to Mm -hmm. know what's happening in that world. Mm -hmm. So I read about this. I didn't I wasn't sure I wanted to watch it. And then I read who made it. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Uh, There is no other movie on this topic that I'm aware of that's made by a woman Mm -hmm. or made by a person of color.
0: Yeah, um, that's interesting. I, mm. Yeah,
1: and please, if people, I may be wrong about this. If people know of one, please write and correct me. But this is a a vantage point on this material that I don't think we get. Yeah. Not very much. Agree. And Part then agree. after I watched it, I could not stop thinking about it.
2: <laughs>
1: Same. <laughs> and I wanted to talk about it, but I also didn't want to put anyone through it. And so that was a really hard balance. So when Rachel and I were in the car and talking about it, she raised it as a topic for more deadly. And I thought this might be the perfect place to talk about it because you two talk so carefully and thoughtfully on this podcast about the film in the context of the filmmaker. Mm. Well, thank you. And that's (laughs) such a big piece that I think. makes This movie different.
2: Yeah. Normally I like we'll see if here or there or read an interview but this week has been so crazy i haven't really had a time any time to dig into anything about the the director aside from her name um which i don't think we've said yet which is uh, pronounce it for us
1: yeah which is beth de araujo oh i was going to not do that correctly so i'm very glad that you did (laughs) same here Uh, this is how her name is i hope i'm right araujo i'm i hope i'm right This is how it was pronounced on her story on The Moth, which I also listened to this week. So that's how she was introduced. I hope that's the correct pronunciation. Well, I'm like I said, I'm fascinated. I would
2: I cannot wait to hear all about her. So tell me tell me about Beth and tell me about the production of this film.
1: Great. So Beth was born and raised in the SF Bay Area. Uh Oh, huh local Uh to us okay she has a ba in sociology from the university of california at berkeley and an mfa from the american film institute amazing
0: wow
1: so accomplished her mother is chinese american and her father is from brazil she has three sisters and is a dual citizen of both brazil and the united states amazing and that's kind of her official bio Okay. From her website. Yeah. She is also a writer and director, featured in Filmmaker Magazine's 25 New Faces of Independent Film, and was nominated for the 2022 Gotham Bingham Ray Breakthrough Director Award
0: in 2022 for this movie,
1: for her debut feature film, Soft and Quiet, which premiered at the South by Southwest 2022 Film Festival. I
0: cannot imagine tackling a topic like this Mm -hmm. for your first outing as a feature filmmaker that's that's kind of crazy yeah I mean I feel like you almost have to have the hubris
2: you know what I mean of like maybe that's it yeah just being like I like not having been crushed by the system (laughs) yeah just be like I'm gonna make something that is gonna make 50 percent of the people who watch this furious and the other feel validated but also so depressed. <laughs>
1: right. Yeah, nobody's walking
0: away that's from this movie balls. feeling good.
2: <laughs> no. No. But I mean, who cares? That's that's not what even matters. Like it's it's so much yeah. more than that. But I think that takes guts. Yes. And just like a total confidence in your point of view.
1: Yeah. And I'll talk about like how this film came to be and it's really it's almost like when she's talking about it, she can barely believe it. so i will say she has done other things previous to this film her moth story don't move based on her feature screen screenplay josephine uh participated in the 2018 sundance director's lab screenwriter's lab and is a recipient of the sf film rain and filmmaking grant and the dolby institute fellowship wow Mm. it's a great moth story it's about 20 minutes long you should go listen to it i learned It's very well told. And also, I learned a little bit more about her that kind of bears on this film that I'll talk about when Mm, we get there. Ooh, okay. Yeah. She performed in three sold-out shows for the Moth mainstage at the BAM Theater in NYC, BAM Theater in Pittsburgh, and the Palace Theater in Los Angeles. And that was in 2019. Her AFI directing workshop for women short film based on her Gawker essay, this is the name of the essay, I Want to Marry a Creative Jewish Girl.
0: Oh, interesting. Won
1: Best Screenplay at the Holly Shorts Film Festival. Wow. So she talks about the making of this movie in an interview with Forbes, which was the longest and kind of most thorough interview that I could find. And it was an interview with both her and Stephanie Estes, who plays Emily Mm -hmm.
0: in this movie. Mm -hmm.
1: So in this interview, she talks about the making of this. During the pandemic, she was in a COVID pod with Stephanie Estes, who plays Emily, They were on a walk and talking about how they could continue to make creative work during COVID.
0: So were they friends that they are? I think they're friends. Yeah.
1: What she says is that they're in a pod together. Yeah.
0: Yeah, So I would assume.
1: Close friends. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Yeah. And she started talking about something that she could film just in her house. So she starts working on a movie and she writes like five pages of a script and then throws it away and five pages of a script and throws it away. And it starts moving in, like, more of a domestic violence direction, like an intimate violence direction. Mm. And then something happens in the news. Is it okay to, is it too spoiler to say what happens in the news? I don't think so. The Amy Cooper Central Park birdwatcher incident hits the news. Ah,
0: yes. okay. Yes,
1: yes, 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 yes. And she says she usually gets very depressed and debilitated by these kinds of stories, but this Mm -hmm. one made her really angry because of how manipulative it was. Yeah. It was
2: so... And it was kind of like, you got to see how the sausage was made in a way that other situations like the, you know, barbecue Karen or whatever, like you could, was it reverse engineer what was happening, but you've never seen it like actually happening on camera the way that one did. It's very enlightening and confirming of things we already assumed.
1: (laughs) Yes. So that's what Inspiring her to write this movie. And she says this script just kind of pours out of her in six weeks. Wow. Mm -hmm. She starts writing it in September. She shared it with Stephanie Estes and the producers in the new year. Can you imagine starting any creative project in September and having it be done in three months? I cannot. not No,
0: imagine. <laughs> no, I also can't all. imagine
1: being the actor who like popped open this script and was like, oh, the lead. Ro- oh, my <laughs> God. Yeah, yeah. She, it's, if you're interested, I would go read this Forbes article because it has a lot of Stephanie Estes's process also Ooh. of looking at it and being like, OK, I am totally compelled and also I want to throw up. Yeah, the whole correct. Time. Um, Correct. That yeah. is also my review of this movie. <laughs> I
2: am totally compelled and to want to throw up. <laughs> yes. So this is
1: end of 2020, beginning of 2021. She has this script. She has Stephanie Estes on board. She sends the financing requests out. Uh-huh. One patron finances the entire thing the day after the wow. January 6th riot. Wow. Oh, oh okay. Yeah, that makes a lot of that sense. tracks. Yeah,
0: I think
2: we're all like we were all like, "What do we do? What do we do?" And if you had some
1: money to throw at something important, that would be inspiring. Yep. They shot it three months later, over four days in Inverness, California, which for, for people who don't know is Marin County, California. Oh, <laughs> oh, so this is just a documentary.
0: <laughs> <laughs> <Stop>. <laughs> so the writing JK. process took six
1: weeks. And it premiered at South by Southwest within the year. So she's like, this is never going to happen again that anything gets made this fast. No.
0: I mean, even the filming, like four days, a lot of times we're shocked when it's like two weeks or 21 days, but four is nuts.
1: Yeah. Especially to end up with what she ends up with. Yeah. Yes. It's shot in four nights because she wanted the conversation about what's going to happen to Lily and Anne to be happening at last light. So they're filming at the end of the day, and the vast majority. Of what they filmed, they filmed on the last day. Oh. Jeez. Wow. So interviewer was asking about this and saying, you know, given how it's so much continuous take, there's not a lot of re. there's not retakes, right? Part of the experience of the film is that you are in the room with these mm-hmm, people. Mm-hmm. You are in the van with these people. And so it turns out that they had to be so flexible. So about 70% of this is scripted and about 30% of it is improvised.
0: Okay. I mean, that makes sense. I mean, I even think some of the way the dialogue falls out, it feels like yeah, more real that way. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Every crew member, she says, wore about five different hats in order to make this movie happen. So it was truly this labor of love. And the interviewer also asked about how they built trust on set. And they talked about how, yeah. (laughs) I bet. In addition to the safety and intimacy coordinators that you would expect, Beth also had daily check-ins about how people were doing. Melissa, who plays Anne in the film, led them in group meditations and breathing exercises. And I know from listening to her moth story that Beth de Araujo also had extensive experience working in sexual assault response.
0: Oh, Okay. okay.
1: She did sexual assault response team training, that means that you are someone who meets people at the hospital or the police station mm-hmm. off in the hospital and accompanies them through an exam and interview process that can take, a, take several hours, like upwards of four hours sometimes. Mm. So that can be an hours long process. So this was definitely made in a trauma informed way. Yeah. Right?
0: I mean, that's good because I can't imagine how kind of harrowing it would be to have to embody these characters and say the things that they say and do the things that they do. If you didn't have like a really trusting environment, I imagine that would be really painful.
1: Yeah. 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 So I'm trying to keep this spoiler free. And there is one other thing that I want to talk about in the um in the making of this about what she wanted people to get out of the this movie. But I think we should okay. save it for the spoiler part. Okay. Sure. Hi all
2: right awesome that was so great i'm as always i'm always so blown away by these women and their accomplishment and their tenacity this is my favorite part of the show always is learning more about these women and getting inspired as a creative being like okay you know what you're just gonna bring
1: yeah you know this was one that the more i learned the more it made me think about the movie in different Mm -hmm. ways right Mm -hmm. yeah for sure absolutely all right awesome well Do you want to give your voice a break or do you
2: want to go right into what you were thinking about, uh, what you think of this movie in a non-spoilery way? In a non-spoilery way.
0: It's hard with this movie, I feel like.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I'm just going to talk about my
1: feelings a lot. I wrote like so many notes about my feelings. Like, you're just going to have to just bear with me. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like I can sum it up in one sentence. Is that okay? Okay. Yeah. Of course. In a non-spoilery way. Yeah. I feel like this movie is a very hard almost like atrocious watch to watch it yeah uh-huh and gets at some things better than I've ever seen anything get at them yeah yeah I think it's worth it
2: well do you want to hear all my feelings yes.
1: <laughs> okay <laughs> all course. right I have a lot of
2: non-spoiler thoughts so please just bear with me so like one of the things as I sat down to write this, usually like the first thing I write just to like get myself going, and they'll be like, I really loved this movie, or I don't, you know, like that's where it starts. And I mm-hmm. kept like writing an adjective and then deleting and then uh-huh. writing it. Cause I think one of the weirdest things about doing a horror podcast is that moment where you're trying to express how you feel about something when the subject matter is so unbelievably dark, or in this case vile,
0: right? Like, do you say you love something when it's really awful?
2: Right, right. so like, I'm not going to say that I liked this movie because it did not feel good to watch. What I will say though, Mm -hmm. is that I appreciated it like on a strictly technical level, it's an incredible achievement on a performance level. It's stellar, like across the board, no exception in a way that you almost wish someone wasn't delivering so that you could put some degree of emotional distance between you and what you're watching on Mm -hmm. on the screen. This movie is so claustrophobic. It doesn't just like show you the story, it like insists that you bear witness to it Mm -hmm. and be complicit in it and occasionally shove your body pressed up against the most vile people who are disgusting, but sadly pretty realistic. Characters that I, I mean, they're the worst characters I've seen in a very, very long time. Yeah. We talk a lot about how this genre, the strength of it, the power of it is that it's this Trojan horse that like sneaks behind your defenses and allows you to explore ideas or present different perspectives in a way that normally maybe you'd be resistant to, but you're like there for the fantasy so you can kind of absorb some new ideas and that's the power, right? This movie is not that (laughs) there is no subtlety to this movie. It is confrontational. It is aggressive and it dares you to try to deny the absolute horrifying truth at its center. Mm -hmm. And I think this is something you kind of mentioned. It unpacks sort of this underrepresented, which is a weird word to use with this, but like factual um, part of, the American underbelly and, you know, we talk about representation matters. You know, we need more representation because it's validating. It offers some people a vision of possibilities that they couldn't have necessarily conjured up for themselves. But there's actually a third reason why representation matters. And that is that it allows you to see things that are outside of your personal bubble that your personal bubble protects you from. So like in this case, It's important to see this because you cannot fight or understand the enemy that you don't see. And I think that this movie does that. And what's so interesting is that it's so counter to sort of prevailing ideas about women in particular and like the way that, like the culture, way we're enculturated to see women and femininity, that it like there's a part of your brain you have to overcome, which is like this cognitive dissonance around this. And that's what makes it so insidious and yeah. keeps it so effectively below the radar for people, whether they think that they're like aware or not. Like I think of myself as being pretty aware. I read the news, I write about the news, I think about these kinds of things, but this is almost like the Lizzie Borden of our era, right? Like she got off because nobody could imagine that a woman could chop up her family with a, with a, 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 mm. an ax, right? And we have trouble seeing oftentimes women, like, women who are educated upper middle class you know classy like you know like that is their our perception of them that they couldn't be this heinous like sure they can be like snarky in a PTA meeting but like this kind of level of evil mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's so easy to underestimate the evil of humanity regardless of gender and i really love that this movie is highlighting that in a way that is un it's like not possible to look away from so Do I think do I like this movie? No, but I appreciate it so much. End of my rant. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Sorry about that, guys. But I just had to get it out there because I've been holding this.
1: Yeah. (laughs) And I see why you
2: needed to talk about this, Matilda, because Mm -hmm. it it feels like a you like take it in and you're just kind of like holding this like bile. You know what I mean? (sighs) So thank you for I appreciate you guys for letting me rant <laughs> yeah that's great now,
0: um I don't I honestly I feel like your thoughts are a lot clearer than mine are about this movie I found myself to be very affected and very depressed by what was happening on screen <laughs> for Fair. obvious reasons as well as some like personal reasons it mm-hmm. just was an incredibly hard watch for me and I know that it's yeah. intended to be one yeah yeah But although I appreciate the fact that it was filmed in an interesting way, I can see the merits of making a film like this and having it exist in the world and having people watch it. I felt it was pretty torturous to get through. Mm -hmm. And I think that to a certain extent, that's the point. Yeah, But I would never choose to watch it again. (laughs) (laughs) and i understand what you're saying that it's the the film is attempting to kind of like shine a light on a segment of the population that a lot of people think are just like innocent or maybe spew some racism but wouldn't actually act on it you know Mm -hmm. i think for me i didn't feel like it was illuminating a truth i wasn't aware of but Mm -hmm. it did force me to live in it for a long time yeah right and maybe there's something important in that, you know, being forced to feel it, right? Um, but I don't know. <laughs> like, I just <laughs> I don't really know how to review a movie like this because it's it's hard to say that you recommend something. Like I think that the filmmaker did something here and accomplished something, and I don't want to like detract from that. Mm-hmm. But I almost wish I hadn't seen it. Like oh, I'm I'm no. really close to almost wishing I hadn't <laughs> seen it. No. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so that's where I'm at.
2: <laughs> that's fair. You know, I wouldn't go that far personally, yeah. but I think the movie is so powerful and, and effective in what it's mm-hmm. doing that I think that your experience, you are not alone in that. And it's part of the range of emotions that the director was going for. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. So I think that's totally fair and valid. Yeah. And I love you. (laughs) I love you too. (laughs) I'm sending you microphone hugs. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Okay. So this is on Netflix. I think you can kind of make your own decision if this is something you want to watch. Be prepared that it is a very intense experience. It's not that there's like a ton of like gory violence on screen. No, no, no. But it is psychologically violent. Yeah. Um, it is emotionally violent and because it's a single shot film it is in many ways unflinching and really makes you sit in some uncomfortable and painful places for a while so i would say you know take into account where you are in terms of like your mental health life is hard life is very very hard and some days we're just not up to it and that's okay yeah and even
1: if you are up to it like i put in the discord like uh Line up something for afterwards for yourself. Yeah.
2: Yeah. 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 Nice little, (laughs) nice little, nice little serotonin bomb after the fact because you will be depleted. You're going to need that. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: Awesome. Okay. So let's get into the spoiler section. If you are someone who does not like spoilers, this is your chance to jump ship. It's on Netflix, very readily available. If you have listened to this beginning part and you're like, you know what? I just kinda wanna know what happens in it for my own self-protection, or maybe you've decided you wanna appreciate the art but not necessarily watch it because you know that's just not for you. Whatever the case may be. But if you are someone who doesn't like spoilers, you have had time to leave. So I assume if you're listening, either your phone is really hidden in a pocket or you're ready for some spoilers. So. Let's talk about this in a spoilery yeah. way, uh, Ariel. Do you need to get some stuff off your chest right away, <laughs> do or to get synopsis first? oh yes, let's start with a synopsis. That's a good idea, and it's on the timeline, so I should have known it.
0: <laughs> so this one was fun to synopsize and have to write stuff down. I just have to say, <laughs> going through every beat of like what happens in this movie. Uh, Okay, so the movie introduced us to a kindergarten teacher named Emily. She is leaving school when she sees one of her old students uh, whose mom is running late. She stops to wait with him, and this is when she sees a janitor going inside. This is our first hint Mm -hmm. that this is not a good person because she then tells this little kid that he needs to go confront the woman about not mopping while he's still at school because he might fall or something. And he has to learn how to stick up for himself. Ooh. So she leaves the school and heads to this church. And you think that she is meeting this group of women there for like a book club or something. Until Emily, our main character, pulls out a homemade pie with a swastika carved into the top of it. Turns out we are mm. at a meeting of the Daughters for Aryan Unity. Arf. Yeah. <laughs> The women sit around and present their various, like, bullshit grievances about immigrants and minority groups and feminists and the Jewish community. Basically everybody. They hate everybody and they're terrible. I mean, one woman even brags about being a KKK legacy. Like, it's so gross. Mm-hmm. And her Stormfront oh, activity. Right. Yeah. Ugh. So the main women in the group are Emily, the kindergarten teacher, an ex-con named Leslie, a disgruntled retail worker named Marjorie, and Kim, who owns a small grocery store. So after the meeting is over, well, I guess it's not really over so much as the pastor at this church basically kicks them out when he finds out what they're doing there. But they decide to go back to Emily's house for drinks and on the way they stop at Kim's store to pick up wine and snacks and while they're there two asian-american sisters named ann and lily come in turns out that one of these sisters ann was previously raped by emily's brother who is currently incarcerated for the crime so the women immediately begin taunting the sisters with racist slurs and then the confrontation turns violent And Kim forces the sisters out of the store at gunpoint. Emily's husband, Craig, then shows up and tries to sort of de-escalate the situation. But Leslie is able to convince the women that they need to get back at them. And in order to do that, they should drive to Anne and Lily's house so that they can vandalize it and steal their passports. And Craig goes with them. When they get there, the house is empty. So they go in and start to vandalize it, look for the passports. But then Anne and Lily come home. Craig and the women end up binding and gagging the two sisters. Craig freaks out and leaves the house after his wife calls him like a bunch of homophobic names. Like I said, this movie is real fun. Yeah. Yeah. So, (laughs) Leslie comes up with this plan because things have sort of gone too far now, right? They've got these women tied up that they should intimidate the women so that they won't talk. But this intimidation escalates and they start force feeding The women and they accidentally on well, I don't know if it's not really an accident, but they shove peanuts down Lily's throat and she ends up dying because she's allergic to peanuts. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. after this happens, the women start kind of fighting with each other and they have to come up with a new plan. So Emily, Marjorie and Kim start to clean up the crime scene while Leslie makes it look like the women were raped. She says look like the women were raped, but I mean, she actually does rape them in order to get that across because she thinks that the cops won't suspect women if they do that yep
2: lizzie board in defense
0: and then mm-hmm. leslie suffocates Anne with a pillow and kills her the women finish cleaning up the house they wrap up the bodies and take them to a lake where they go out in a rowboat and push the bodies overboard the very last shot of the film is Anne resurfacing still alive And that's it. One
2: moment of relief we get in this whole freaking movie. Yeah.
0: Mm -hmm. All right. So
2: actually, let's switch over to you, Matilda. You said that there were some things that you wanted to talk about in spoiler section that you learned reading interviews with Beth. Can you talk a little bit about that?
1: Yeah. So uh, in reading interviews with her, she was talking about how she kind of went deep. She and Stephanie Estes both, I think, went pretty deep in researching the women in the new right in kind of like tradwife wife okay. stuff in particular oh, okay. and other kind of like white nationalist, white Christian nationalist kind of like current day, modern day movements. And the director really talked about like how dangerous it is that white nationalism has been kind of rebranded in a like Instagram influencer way. Mm mm-hmm. Yeah. And like mm, the bastardization yeah. of certain language, right? Like I thought one of the really interesting things early in this meeting that you see is Emily saying, this is a safe space. Right. Yes, Right. Like kind right. of the reappropriating mm-hmm. of justice words into something very sinister. Right. And so one of the other things that she discovered, someone asked her why she made this character an elementary school teacher. And she talked about how she made the character, made Emily a teacher because that is a calculated move on the part of women in that community. They want teachers, nurses and public registrars as people who have a sphere of influence.
0: Yeah. And becoming school board members and city council members. And yes, it's creepy.
1: Yes. And you also see the like feminine, not feminist thing early on. Right. Right, And that she's practically running. Gambit of like, who am I going to pair with what dudes in this movement?
0: Oh my yeah. god! Yeah, right. The yeah. reward, the reward that. for mm-hmm.
1: them, the reward for the men is all of this wonderful white femininity.
0: Yep. Gross. Yep. Mm-hmm. Right. I just
1: learned. I don't know if either of you watched that Shiny Happy People documentary.
2: Not yet. I yes, need I to. Did.
1: But mm-hmm. Ariel, so you saw like the roots of this is like, yeah. I didn't know until I watched that that the roots of the homeschooling movement coincide with mothers who were upset that their schools were being integrated yeah Ooh. yeah it's Ooh. really dark <laughs> yeah it's really dark bleak yeah. I kept thinking about that as I watched this the second time through one of the reasons I can't believe I rec- I wanted to talk about this on this podcast is I had to watch <laughs> it a second time <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's true. (laughs) I didn't even think about that. Yeah, But yeah, you're right about the school thing, the homeschooling thing. Because even in this movie, they talk about how they want to start their own school. Like first they're talking about homeschool materials. Like, can you create those for us? But then they're like, we should just create our own school. And I mean, that's essentially what people are doing, right? Because not only are they doing that through like homeschooling networks and stuff, which you do see in that documentary, you're right. But also like essentially infiltrating public schools forcing change through laws and also attempting to dismantle them so they can be privatized and then you can do whatever the fuck you want right it's terrifying Mm
1: -hmm. yes Mm -hmm. school boards right and i think it's one of the things that i was so compelled by in this movie the more i sat Mm -hmm. with it having seen a lot of movies about neo-nazis Right. I think about like American History X or. Oh, my God. I
0: thought about that movie so much. Or Skin. Right. Like you see Mm -hmm. or
1: even the new Waco series, you see women as attached to men in the movement rather than movement people themselves. I also watched a movie in preparing for this podcast. There was one other movie where women were neo-Nazis were kind of central. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's called Combat Girls. It's a German movie. Oh. oh, okay. And with the exception, with the notable exception of Green Room, although there's a little uh-huh. bit in Green Room, in every single one of those movies,
0: a Nazi has a change of heart and a redemption arc.
1: Oh, dude. No,
2: oh, dude.
0: Yeah. I mean, I was thinking about that in reference to like American history. X every single one. Yeah. In some, In some ways, what I like about that movie is that because, you know, in this movie, the camera sticks with them the whole time. So there is no sort of getting... Their backstory beyond like a sentence or two, Um, learning about them really as people, you don't see kind of where they were raised or like in what culture they grew up in. There's none of that. In American History X, you get so much of seeing what their family is like, how insulated they are in this racism through the community that they're a part of. Which is really interesting, but you also do get this redemption story because although you still see racism throughout that entire movie, our main character, like Edward Norton, he changes, right? Yeah. I mean, even at the end when the his brother is killed, sorry, spoilers for an old movie, I guess, but uh, when he's holding his body, I think he even says, like he repeats some line from like Abraham Lincoln or something like that or
2: oh geez. Martin mm-hmm.
0: Luther King. It's like some mm-hmm. prominent person. He's yep. like repeating a line. And so I think that movie is excellent in a lot of ways, but I do, I can understand wanting to do something different here than giving a redemption arc story.
2: Yes. Because yes. I mean, like, we need to have room for redemption arcs in life, right? Of like, course. people have to have space to come back. Yeah. But I think it perpetuates this idea that, like, the worst of us are just one small epiphany away mm-hmm. from that, and then, like that's all that we need to solve this problem instead of like fully indicting the people that are like participating in this and who largely are not coming back from it and so i appreciate that this movie is not interested in that so much as it is being like this is the reality of a certain portion of our american populace
0: i agree with sort of focusing on the realism there and i get the merits of that i think what makes it a hard watch though is that one you don't get any kind of redemption arc like nobody learns anything Mm -hmm. in this movie right they're the same people at the end that they were at the beginning there also is no catharsis at the end because although one character lives there's no kind of vengeance or justice or anything like that where you know you watch like a rape revenge movie and you get the sort of startling realism of the rape in the beginning, but then you also get the fantasy of the revenge at the end. And here you, you don't get any of that. There's no No. letting up at the end. And I don't think, uh, I don't think Anne still being alive at the end was enough to like, no, let me breathe. No, 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 no. no, no. But it's the, I mean, it was, yeah. I mean,
2: I was glad that she did just because like, I didn't also want to see her die, but I also think kind of the point of this movie is the lack of redemption. It's not a fantasy the right. way that rape revenge is. Like it's, it's, it is presenting a reality Yeah. that like, I, I understand you're like, I already knew this, but I think a lot of people don't think about it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I do think a lot of people are going to watch this and be like, whoa. Yeah. And like, they'll probably be like, this is over the top. You know what I mean? But it's still that little, It it adds that little, grain of doubt that little morsel that may slightly adjust a needle you know what i mean and i think that all we can hope for is like incremental uh, like growing of awareness like rarely do you have a moment where you're like oh my god everything about the way i see the world has changed it happens but it's rare but if you can just like push people like maybe the next time they see somebody talk about like i'm dealing with microaggressions or like there is systemic shit happening here that's happening under the surface but the other a person on the other end of it looks like Emily mm-hmm. maybe there'll be a little piece of that the experience of having seen this film that will like give them that grain of doubt like oh maybe she's not as innocent as she looks
1: you know what I mean yeah and I think it's that like the that's... Emmett Till thing right yes <laughs> I, I think that the thing that this movie does so brilliantly is it really interrogates white racial innocence Yes. Yes. yes, Right. Like there is something when Lily dies that both Emily and who's the mom who owns the store? Is it Kim? Kim. Mm -hmm. Both of them are yelling their defense. Kim's yelling like she was resisting. She shouldn't have done this. You know what I mean? And Emily's like, Mm I can't. And then Emily goes. The moment that is the most chilling to me is Emily going Many moments are very chilling. Emily goes (laughs) to the woman, to Leslie Leslie and says, I'm not strong like you are. I'm just a little bit of a thing. Basically, I need you to do this for me. The only woman in that group that understands how violent they are about their own self-concept is Leslie. Everyone else thinks they just happened to be there, thinks that things just got out of hand. They do right. not take any ownership of their own violence. And
0: no. And Emily is so quick to emotionally manipulate Leslie and Leslie's like need to belong yes. to get her to commit rape and murder. You know?
1: Yes, absolutely. And that dynamic between them and between the women and the women with themselves and how they view themselves is what I think is so brilliant about this movie. And it made me look back at all the other movies where we get redemption arcs and be like, who's that for? right Mm
2: -hmm. right right very good point
1: who does that relieve Uh if this is really like a hearts and minds problem and not a systemic Mm -hmm. one who who does that relieve i mean like is there anything a a white
2: audience enjoys more than like you know the the green book style redemption art (laughs) right because you know it totally lets you off the hook right it gives you that like okay racism is solved feeling right you know and this one definitely does not give you those feels. Like I get for you, Ariel. Like I totally get what Oh, this I is totally a get it. Massive bummer. But I like. I think that's the point. You know what I mean? That doesn't mean yeah. you have to like it. But no, I think. No, I mean. What I don't think the filmmaker
0: it- was like trying to give me the warm and fuzzies. I definitely think she was trying to accomplish what she accomplished. You know. Mm-hmm. But. Mm-hmm. uh... <laughs> It was just a bummer. And like, <laughs> honestly, fair, yeah. fair, totally fair. I would watch that movie Swallow like five more times before I watch this one again, I think. Oh Is that God, what that I movie was Swallow. called?
1: I, I loved that about. movie.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, do you know <laughs> that what that really actor
1: went on that to That gave do? me
2: fantasy feelings when she had the one when she did the yeah. thing at the end.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I know, Ariel, do you know who she went on to play after that no. movie? She went on to play the woman who accused Emmett Till.
0: Ooh. oh shit swallow Ooh.
1: main actress yeah
0: oh interesting Ooh. damn
1: and it, it made me Jeez. think about that too like when we think about like white innocence right
0: mm-hmm, and like right. white
1: yeah female innocence of this kind of like you couldn't get people killed yeah. i mean the timing i watched this
2: the day that biden gave his speech about immatil and did the the whole you know like oh, it was immatil uh-huh. day when i watched yeah. this and like That was what we were talking about in our editorial meeting in the morning. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? So this, it, it felt incredibly, not timely because, but like it was a reminder that this is a part of the legacy and institution of American culture. Like it's not something that is new. It is not something that is inconsequential. Like it is something that absolutely has history in the country and to know that it's still like, it's insidious and it's still a part of our culture made this movie impactful in a way that maybe it wouldn't have in the same exact way on another day where I was just like, man, you can draw a direct line from that to this.
0: Yes. Yeah. And the
2: way that she victimized herself and the way that these women, even before the, like when they're in the church, right? When they're having their meeting, it is a grievance bitch sesh like I've never seen in my life.
1: One of the other things I really appreciated about it is that it's, like, the two white men in this movie are highly ambivalent or objecting. Yeah. And the, arguably, the arbiter and enforcer of toxic white masculinity is Emily. Oh, yeah. With both her husband and the kid. Yep.
2: I did like the priest that was like, just please leave. Just leave. Yeah. Just just leave. (laughs) Just leave. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I wish he had done more than that, but, like, at least you know like at least there was a she experienced a moment of shame yeah i appreciated that yeah because i yeah. think the
1: legacy of movies about neo-nazis to some degree i mean i know fruza in american history x is a little bit more of a true believer but there's a little yeah. bit more of a narrative that like we're here for the guys yes yes yes
0: yeah i mean i think that the fruza character is pretty similar to emily in that like when edward norton's character finally you know decides that yeah. he's doesn't want to do what he's doing like she screams at him she's like how could you do this and you're a piece of shit and all that stuff and it's kind of similar to this i mean this movie is sort of interesting in that like the only like the priest like you were saying does what he does and and asks her to leave but the husband is the only other male character and he's almost given this role of like being the better person Mm mm-hmm it feels Which, self-serving, though.
2: Like, it's not like you, what you're doing is wrong. It's like, don't do this. It's a felony.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He's yeah, the only true. one that can that's see true. where
1: this is going. Maybe. Yeah. Or, or is pretty clear about, like, from the beginning that this yeah. is not a prank.
0: I also thought that some of the, like, almost horizontal hostility that happens between the women where they're, like, keeping each other in check around, like, femininity... Mm-hmm. And purity. Yes. Mm-hmm. is really interesting. Like there's a oh, scene yeah. where Emily or one of them. I can't remember. Maybe it was not Emily who says to Leslie, I think like, oh, no, to Marjorie. She says it to Marjorie, who's like wearing a mini skirt and like tights or something. Mm-hmm. Why would you come to the meeting dressed like a whore? yeah she says a lot of shit to marjorie yeah that is pretty wild about yeah. she polices her language
2: so she polices her appearance the pecking order and like sort of the yeah. mean girl that's mm-hmm, happening in that mm-hmm. i think is actually one of the more like is another more interesting part of this like i think the racial stuff is a little bit more you know overt whereas yeah. like the relational dynamics between the women adds a lot of layers and it's really interesting because it shows the way not only that they gen up this violence you know against these two women that they target but also the way that like the they control each other through like this pecking order um it's really interesting. Yeah. So Leslie is an interesting character. It was very strange to see her in this context because I only know her from uh, It Follows and when I loved oh, her right. so much. Yeah,
0: she was She's the right. little I sister. Familiar.
2: I mean, I remember her because like you, Matilda, I appreciate a gap. And so I thought she was so beautiful yeah. and it falls that like and she had that weird shell phone. Yes. I, yes. Anyway, so it was very strange to see her in here, but I did think there's like a one little character beat with her where she is talking about how she misses the structure of yes. prison. Mm-hmm. So that is someone who has no fear of consequence because t- going back to prison not really an issue for her yeah so like i i thought that was an interesting subtle character beat for her and it like all of these women kind of represent different if diff- the different faces of female white supremacy like mm-hmm. there is emily who's sort of like you said like the trad wife the instagram white supremacist then they're sort of just sort of the working class you know it's just common sense kind of character and then you have like the uh, the far extreme you have the storm front fan and then there's all these shades of gray and the person who's kind of being initiated into the group because they are looking for a place to belong and they already have some really shitty ideas but now they're having validated and they're being pulled in and they're also kind of getting nagged like you can see the dynamics of how these groups work yes in a way that i was not expecting and i think is actually a really important wrinkle in the film
1: yes and the way that leslie gives cover for everyone else yeah i feel like that all of them are going to be like well leslie's the crazy one you know like leslie's yeah. really yeah. the bad one
0: right because in in some ways she does kind of escalate yeah. the level of violence or even instigates it in the beginning you know she's the one who's saying like we can't let this stand we have to go after her but they're all just as guilty and they all willingly do this and they all are like torturing these women like rubbing mayonnaise on their head and stuffing food in their throats and tying yes. them up like nobody's innocent here but definitely like Leslie is the bad guy. Right like the foot
1: know? soldier is the yeah. face of I'm it. not
0: you know? that. Yeah. I, I
1: can't be that bad because I'm not that. I'm not that whereas the others are the kind of like institutional powers. Right.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: It's really except for Marjorie. I mean, it's really Marjorie's kind of like the new recruit whose class grievance has been kind of like channeled. Mm. Yeah. Very effectively. I mean, like
2: she's the person I see on the Internet all the time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like these other because I don't delve into the like mommy bloggers like the person that is most readily visible to me is the Marjorie character. Yeah. And I think she's well rendered in this. <laughs> Yeah.
1: <laughs> One other moment that I, I didn't catch the first time I watched it, but I caught the second time I watched it, and you you two may have seen this, is that towards the end, there's very little soundtrack as they're moving, as Emily is mm-hmm. gathering the boat and going out to Ugh. sea yeah, or out into the lake. There's crying and distress, and it's all yeah. Emily's. And it stops yeah, yeah. as soon as the other women go overboard. And then she high fives Leslie and she's like, we did that. Yep. Like Then she's back in for a yeah, second and proud of what they accomplished. This is something that's terrible yeah. that's happening to me. Mm-hmm. I'm Ugh. so distressed. And then, yes. And I was like, this is like white tears all yeah. the way. Oh, right, Yes yes oh my god yes but i totally and like like the person who's actually in distress is you don't you now know second watch through that anna and is in that bag like not making noise
2: yeah oh my god that like prolonged shot of just her like slightly moving in the bag yes and you're just like you all i could do that's the thing is this movie so effectively puts you in the perspectives of other people because you are it's it's like a vr experience instead of a movie because it's like Mm -hmm. first person Mm -hmm. and and up until that point you've been in the place of one of these women in the group like horrendous as that is like you you feel smushed between people you're like you are the observer in the room at the you know at the church all of those things right in that moment i feel like there is a perspective shift that happens where you're not just sympathizing and empathizing with with Anne, but you were like are really in her head in a way that you haven't been until that point and it is horrifying and very profoundly effective
0: yeah yeah i know i i agree with that and i think part of why this movie is so uncomfortable to watch is because you are watching a hate crime happen in real time oh, yeah. but because yeah of the way that the movie is filmed like you were saying you don't have an ability to like step in and do anything or stop it so you're just forced to like watch and feel almost complicit because of that i think that yeah and i think that's
2: the point right like in real life you asking yourself like would you say something would you do something at this Mm -hmm. point i mean i think it's safe to say all of us would a not be there but b like if we were we would say something right yeah but the movie doesn't allow you to and so it keeps making you ask those questions and be present for things that uh, the results of what would happen if nobody spoke up. Right. Like you see the impacts. And and I think that's where it, it's so effective and so painful. Like, I think both of those things are true. Like, I think my admiration for the filmmaking is true. And I mm-hmm. think your pain and discomfort and sadness and anger watching it is also totally true yeah and i yeah. think that yeah yeah and i think they're both correct you know what i mean and and you know like sometimes people have an opinion you're like that's just objectively a, <laughs> objectively a wrong opinion you know what i mean like, yeah. <laughs> like halloween kills is not good like i don't care you say it is you are incorrect i think in this case Whatever opinion you have of this movie, as long as it isn't like some of the people I saw, like I remember when this came out, like I saw a review and it was like, or there was a discussion. They're like, "Is this racism as bad the horror movie?" And they're like, "Yeah." They're like, "Cool, I don't need to watch it then." And I was just like, "Actually, you really fucking do need yeah, to, watch response, to watch it." That's your response. watch yeah. it, you're actually who needs to watch, it. and that's the shame, right? You know, is because this one isn't like a sneaky under the radar. I'm. Some people are just going to be turned off because they don't want to be confronted with truth. Or they don't believe it's the truth. They're inculturated and like, brainwashed into thinking that these things don't exist, or like saying that they do is some sort of like attack on on them personally or their beliefs. But those are the people that need to watch it the most. So yeah. then we become the person that like grab people in Nova van and
0: make them watch it. <laughs> the yeah, clock I mean, would orange them. <laughs> it did make me wonder, in a way, like who this movie was for. Um, Not that it doesn't have an audience, but if the point of it is to, like, shine a light on the fact that racism can happen in this specific kind of a way, I don't know that the people who need to hear that message are going to be the ones to watch it. And I also think that if you were a person of color watching this, I can only sort of imagine how hellish and traumatic it would be. Yeah. Yeah so but also then i'm kind left of validating. like who is it for you know i think it's also validating though because yeah. like maybe but i don't the know the prevailing
2: from... message is this is not a thing so to see it presented and be yeah. like yes correct right and I to think watch is somewhat mo- validating
1: and to watch other movies about this where the nazi becomes like a hero like a redeemed hero yeah to some degree and the person of color is in the movie as like the victim of violence and nothing in the service of an arc for a white character yeah oh Oh yeah no i totally get what you're saying
0: i just know that like some of the conversations i saw happening on twitter um and some of the like podcasts Mm. that were talking about it a lot of the like horror creators of color found this movie to be like it seemed like too hard of a watch Mm -hmm. too expensive not that's totally totally Um, fair i don't know totally fair yeah. yeah.
1: I have to say I, you know, felt pretty validated in the same way, in the sickening, gut wrenching way, mm-hmm. the same way that I felt when between 2015 and 2020, every, you know, part of my personality was just being like, y'all, I'm really I'm really worried about these Nazis. It's not good. 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 And then, yeah. like, when the insurrection happened, I was like,
2: see? See? <laughs> see? <laughs> yeah. Right. I, mean, for I the, mean, I think because yeah. we're treated like we're hysterical anytime you're, like, raising your hand, like, maybe fascism is a problem that we're in a <laughs> right. growing wave of fascism is occurring. And everyone's like, oh, that would never happen. Oh, no, no. no right. ba, ba, ba. And it's not like 15 ba, 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 ba.
1: people are a problem. Right. You know what I mean? Like, it's right. not like who we can see coming. Like, it's a lot of people <laughs> who are a problem. Yeah. In the slide yeah. towards fascism. Yeah.
0: No, it it definitely is. I mean, we see a lot of that in Oregon. Like the Proud Boys are very comfortable here. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. awful. Anyways, yeah, I just think it's um, yeah, it's prevalent. <laughs> we, yeah. we might not want to admit it, but it it's is. it's prevalent. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah,
2: yeah. I don't know. I think this is a controversial film for a reason, and I think our opinions are really reflective of that.
1: Mm-hmm. But it made oh. so much sense to me to read that the director kind of wrote this as yeah. when she was enraged
0: oh yeah, yeah no that, that makes a lot of sense I
1: will say I would feel very very differently well I would feel
2: somewhat not very very somewhat differently if this was from someone else yeah I think the part of it that would still connect with me would be like yes this is a thing that exists and no I have not seen it on film and I think that that's super important but knowing who it was from and the Thoughts and feelings and, and uh, impetus behind it definitely helps me to like areas where I would be like, hmm, like I can feel like I, I can trust myself in this filmmaker's hands uh, to some degree. Yeah.
1: Hmm. It definitely made me want to see other things she's right. done. Yeah. Yeah. Like if Eli Roth made this exact same movie,
2: I'd be like, oh, no, thank hmm. you. <laughs> Like there would still be things that connected, but I would be like, mm. <laughs> I don't know about mm-hmm. this. I don't know that this is, I don't think it's like, I feel like maybe what it is, is I feel like it's her story to tell. Um, mm. yes. And I wouldn't feel comfortable with someone else telling it.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Like I, I'd feel better if it was a woman period or, but like, I feel like it needs to be told by someone who is like in a marginalized group. Um. Someone who like is on the front lines of the impact of
1: this so yes yeah that made it feel very different than other movies with this topic to me yeah 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 yeah.
2: all right any final thoughts on this film before we wrap it on up thanks for talking about it with me <laughs> <Do> you, <laughs> how are you feeling up. at the other end of this Matilda? like you've been holding this the longest do you do you feel catharsis around this conversation where are you at
1: I do. I wanted, I mean, I wanted people to know what it was. I wanted people to have a little bit more information, listeners to have a little bit more information than I had initially where I was like, no, thanks. You know, cause like having read spoilers, I was like, no, thank you. But uh-huh. I, I wanted to make an argument for why I think it could be worthwhile for yeah. some people to, to watch this, even if they think, I know this is going to be a hard watch. Mm-hmm. I think it's doing yeah. some interesting, some really smart and, interesting kind of interdynamics about the way that white women view themselves.
2: Yeah.
0: Mm. Yep. Yeah. yeah.
2: Yep. All right, Matilda, with that in mind, would you recommend soft and quiet?
0: <laughs> uh, that's not the right verb.
1: <laughs> I would respect soft and
2: quiet. <laughs> um, I think, I think I know what your answer is, but I'm going to ask you anyway. Ariel,
0: <laughs> who would you
2: recommend or some other verb, uh, soft and quiet?
0: Yeah, um, I respect the filmmaker. I would not recommend
2: the movie <laughs> that is fair yeah. so i'm gonna i'm gonna be the i guess the the biggest fan i don't freaking know man i would <laughs> normally i kind of un caveat recommend things or be like oh if you don't like slow burns you're not gonna have a good time like that's kind of the degree to which i sure. I, I caveat this one i would recommend to a select group of people i would i would recommend it to my like, I would recommend this to Larry. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Because yeah, I feel too. like he, I would recommend it to anyone who feels like, A, the content is not too triggering, but also, like, is ready to engage with something that's difficult. Like, if I would not recommend it to someone who just wants to, like, kick back and enjoy a horror film, because I feel like that would be doing, like, a psychological violence to that person. Yeah. But for people in our group, and we have several of them who like to, like engage with dark material and be thoughtful about it and are willing to have their perceptions of the world challenged, I would definitely recommend this. Because I do think it's the only movie where you're gonna see this shown. Yeah. As we've discussed. It does not exist in another form. So until somebody else makes a like a trad wives or evil movie, this is the one opportunity you have to explore these ideas. And like Matilda said, Take a look at the way that some white women see themselves. And I think that's really important because it's a part of the discussion. The people who see it say will say it, but the people who don't will brush off. And it actually has impact. Yeah. So for those people, uh, yes, definitely recommend for my mom or like <laughs> somebody in the grocery store unless they piss me off not so much yeah
1: <laughs> and can I ask so I was really torn about like how much to tell you all about this mm-hmm. and I know Rachel I told you a little bit and I heard on the last yeah. More Deadly that you were telling Ariel like go in cold
0: yeah Yeah. kind of she so sure did tell me was that there,
1: <laughs> but I tried to get in the discord and be like maybe just line up a little Parks and Recreation afterwards like yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean you... to be fair I didn't I didn't know some of the content I
2: knew that there was a sexual assault like I yeah. know Ariel to be and I figured she'd be we watched Rape Revenge movie so I didn't yeah, think yeah. that was going to be an issue like I was like is there animal violence I asked you both you both said no and then I went to does the doctor yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> I can not <couldn't> remember <laughs> Just, yeah. to sure. <laughs> Just to make sure. Just to
2: make sure. Uh. All right. Well, that is it for our review of Soft and Quiet. Uh, I would love to know what you guys think. Hopefully we did an okay job of reviewing this. I feel like our heart was in the right place. So, But this is a tough one to talk about.
0: Yeah, so yeah it really is.
2: We welcome feedback. We welcome your thoughts, your experiences. Are you mad at us for making it? You watch it. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever the case may be, you can always email us at rachel at zombiegirls.com or you can come chat with us over on the Facebook page, or you can slide into them DMs at ZG Podcasts on Twitter, Instagram, and yes, even on threads. So follow us on all those places, slide into the DMs. Uh if you're enjoying the show, hopefully you're not furious at us. In which case, don't listen to the next 10 seconds. But if you like the show. <laughs> Please do rate and review us wherever it is that you get your pods. Um, It actually really does help the show. I know it seems like a silly thing, but it actually really is helpful. And it also makes us feel really good. Don't you want us to feel validated? You can do that and make us very happy. You can also buy our cool merch at zombiegirlscom forward slash merch. We have a new shirt that is in the works. My life has been insane, but I've designed a new one. And that will be out very soon that I'm excited. excited to put on my body and hopefully you guys will be too so stay tuned for that it'll be on our instagram everything as soon as it comes out and then of course you can always support us on patreon at patreon.com forward slash zombie girls where you get the sweetest of perks the Discord, hello, but you also get extended episodes and bonus episodes and other cool stuff. I just recorded a bonus episode with two of our patrons, actually, Joy and Eddie. We reviewed the film, Talk To Me. We had a great time and had a really great conversation. Oh, that's about so exciting.
0: Oh, one of cool. my
2: favorite movies of the year. So, and I mean, that's kind of how it came about. Like we were all just like fanning out. we yeah. like, we should talk about this. Um, <laughs> so yeah, cool stuff for the patrons. All right. So it's my turn for the next episode. And let me tell you, this is tough because like we are in this renaissance of women in horror (laughs) this (laughs) month. August is wild. There are multiple films that I'm so excited to talk about. Um, But yes. So I don't know how we're going to handle all of this, but we're going to kick off the month with one from a, a director we've talked about in the past returning a glorious return we're gonna be talking about elevator game directed by rebecca mckendry Ooh, awesome Very which cool. she
0: teased when we interviewed her she sure did <laughs> when we interviewed yep. her for her last movie
2: glorious yes which by the way if you guys have not watched glorious yet it is <laughs> get on <appropriately> that <laughs> named it's so much fun yeah okay and this one sounds super fun too okay so here is the official synopsis it says Supernatural horror based on the eponymous online phenomenon, a ritual conducted in an elevator in which players attempt to travel to another dimension using a set of rules that can be found online. The story follows Dale, a teenager who discovers that the night his sister disappeared, she had played the elevator game. Ignoring the many online warnings, Dale resolves to follow her and find her, but he learns the hard way that the warnings are there for a reason.
0: Hmm, That sounds good. That's sounds fun, fun I mean, and pulpy i mean it sounds like a creepy pasta. yeah i like it yeah and i isn't that like
2: one of the supposed explanations for what happened to that woman that like disappeared in the elevator in that uh cecil hotel or something am i making oh, that up oh really
0: i don't know i don't
2: actually I mean, know that much I think, about the cecil hotel okay so i'm just gonna, gonna say it now i'm gonna try to research the or no it's your turn to do the extension yeah part. i can do that you want to research the elevator game, find sure. out what the deal is? Okay, cool. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. You're getting a double tease today, people.
0: <laughs> all right. Wait, was awesome. this the movie where you said that you wanted to try to record from inside an elevator? Yeah! i
2: forgot about that yes I, I wanted to know if you had an elevator in your building to see if you could try to do the elevator game
0: that would be dope except for if they didn't if you disappeared that would be less dope. right like if it's real then not so much maybe then i would
2: have to fly into freaking portland and get the an elevator and try to follow you into the end the further all right cool so that is it for this episode unless you're sticking around for the extended episode matilda Thank you so much for being an amazing guest. Yes, you made us watch this movie, but it was worth it to spend quality time with you. Oh,
0: <laughs> That's thanks. true. That's always true.
1: Thanks for talking about this one with me. Of course. Do you have any idea what you're going to make us watch next? You no, know, I feel like the biggest troll I could do is like make you watch Sesame Street or something like. <laughs> just make you watch like... um like a kind meditation video or something. I mean, <laughs> you could trick us, right? Like cause whatever you pick next, we're gonna be like, oh Lord. It would probably be oh, like the tensest Lord. hour of your life because you'd be like, I'm waiting for the fucked up Matilda part movie. <laughs> yes. <100%, laughs> and it's just like of or something. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, awesome. All right. Well, Ariel, for those non-patrons, we're done. So take us out. All right. Thanks for listening to another episode of More Deadly. We're going to be back next time with Elevator Games and hopefully some spooky extended episode about what the game really is like. We'll have to wait and find out. Thank you, Matilda, for joining us. (laughs) Maybe not for the movie, but definitely for joining us. (laughs) This was wonderful. (laughs) We can't wait to have you on again. And uh, that's all. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye, everybody.
2: Thanks to everyone for listening. And thanks to my co-host, Ariel, who's always willing to come on here and geek out about horror with me. And finally, thanks to the women who make the horror films we love so much. Production of this episode was done by yours truly. Editing was done by Ariel Missman rucker And our theme song, More Deadly, was by Elizabeth Kyle and Eric Newell.
1: Hello, everyone,
2: and welcome to the extended episode, a.k.a.
0: more Deadly After Dark. <laughs> Ariel, girl, yes. how are you feeling? <laughs> Maybe a little bit bad that I was as critical of the movie as I was, because I feel like a lot of it has less to do with the actual movie than yeah. like my emotional state yeah, created but- by the movie. <laughs> But I mean, I think that's all part of it,
2: right? Yeah. I, I just knew, I kn- that's why last week I was like, okay, something light in the extended, because yes. this thing's going to be a bummer. And it was even more of a bummer <laughs> than I was expecting.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I know, because I was like, I'll do another female serial killer rundown. And you were like, mm, maybe save that. <laughs> <laughs> maybe let's keep it light and fluffy. Yeah.
2: <sighs> I don't know. But yeah, and I think we all need a little bit of a gentle palette
0: cleanser. What do you think?
2: Yes. Yeah. Yes. For sure. It's a good thing we love Matilda so, so much, and she's so delightful because she loves to put us through in ordeal.
0: I know, right? The yeah. last time she was on the show was when you were gone. She came on as a guest and uh-huh. we did this movie about eating disorders that mm-hmm. was a real bummer, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, yep, yep.
2: Although today I had an idea for what we could do on The Zombie Girls, and I think it might be another bummer of an oh, episode. Really? Yeah. Okay, it might be a double ordeal. Well, because I was originally going to pick something pretty light, but yeah. then I saw The Meg 2 today, which was not very good <laughs> but the crazy thing is it's directed by ben wheatley do you know who that what, is what
0: yeah yeah
2: ben wheatley of kill uh kill list fame yeah. of a field in england fame of uh, in the earth fame like these he you directed know. it yes weird yes okay. interesting yeah And, like, he's famous for sort of, like, gruesome Mm -hmm. art horror, art sci-fi. You know what I mean? Like, really kind of heady but gruesome stuff, right? Body horror, things like that. And so it was very strange to see him directing this PG-13 action dumb dumb action movie (laughs) and i was i thought there would be more of a ben wheatley twist so my thing was i feel like we need to like right a wrong and finally do
0: kill list yes oh my gosh we should because a couple years ago i said i was gonna watch it and you were like no don't watch it i'll do it for an episode and then we've never done it so i've just never seen this movie (laughs) okay
2: so my original idea to pair it with and i'm like is this too much fucking grimness okay was men okay but I don't know cuz that's like a british folk horror film. Sure. Maybe I should pick it. Oh. Oh, you know what I might do? I might do that. I might do Kill which is really serious and then do um uh that new that new folk horror with the little Oh, Unwelcome? Unwelcome. <laughs> that could be a fun combination i mean they're very tonally could not be more different but like it could be like it could balance out the ordeal of it all if we did
0: kill list and unwelcome i don't know yeah i mean i would think about it because that could be really fun it could be like a nice change of pace to have like one that's really serious and one that's not but if you want to do men like if you're really into talking about that that would it, would make it was just the first thing that came to me it was i mean and that's certainly uh, gotcha. one that there's okay. lots to
2: unpack in uh yeah. but i'm like do i want to watch it again? right <laughs> i don't know if i do either <laughs> <laughs> so maybe like because originally i was thinking um uh a single white female and um influencer
0: right oh which okay. are both
2: pretty light and fun and camp um, mm-hmm. especially single white female. So I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'll put it out to the group and see how people feel. But I do feel like I have been, you know, like Matilda also has not seen, um, Killist and and I feel like his reputation has been somewhat like this is misleading to his reputation as a filmmaker. Okay, for the you gotta set the s- record straight. Yeah, gotcha. kind of because he's. I mean, Killless is one of my all time favorite movies. Yeah. So. I'm also trying to make sure that there's nothing too intense for everybody right now when we're all going through some real shit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. I there's do some, appreciate that. <laughs> there's some, I mean, it's bleak, bleak, yeah. bleak, 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 but it's not particular plot points. You know what okay. I'm saying? yeah, yeah. And I don't think Unwelcome is either, even though it's also pretty fucking dark.
0: I know. But then it has like this tonal change up like three yeah. quarters of the way through or something
2: and that ending girl that ending so is satisfying. epic <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right well I don't know why I've just spent five minutes giving everybody like <laughs> this is probably not the venue for that conversation hey, <laughs> consider this a teaser if you are just a more deadly listener this is a teaser for what you could be enjoying should you come join us over on zombie girls to enjoy the sweet sweet programming there where we pick two movies that kind of make sense together and and then we review them.
0: Sometimes they only make sense to the person who picked them. That's usually what I do. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no comments.
0: <laughs> All right, girl,
2: what are we doing on this bonus episode? What, what, what fun thing do you have planned for us?
0: Okay, so since we need to do something light, mm-hmm. I do this thing where anytime I see like a funny or weird news story, I just set it All aside. Right. And then every so often... We do one of these episodes, so I'm going to tell you about some funny, weird news stories that have, that I've come across. Okay. Okay.